You're listening to Newcastle in the Morning. He's handsome and smart. A true blue Jetson Knights fan. A part of Australia's Hollywood royalty. From General Hospital to Occupation Rainfall, NCIS LA to All Saints. Newcastle Live Radio's very own Nova Castrian in Hollywood. It's time to cross to LA to catch up with Zach Garrod. It is time to cross to LA and find out how he's doing and if the weather's better this week. Good morning, Zach Garrett. How are you? Good afternoon, Tracy, and well, thank you. It's uh, it's hot, oh. in a word, hot. See, I'd, I'd take that <laughs> at the moment. Well, you, oh, you, you, can, you can have it. We'll take a bit of rain because it's currently... It, it's, it's nearly 6.30 and it's still 90 degrees. So, oh, no. Yeah, it, it's it's well and truly in that in that territory where things just don't really cool down but i think we're lucky because you know if you're in the shade it's all right but uh yeah it's it's hot out there at the moment it's your classic socal summer so you're certainly not seeing any signs of autumn yet absolutely not no no not not (laughs) we usually don't see any hints of it until like october Mm. but sometimes we get like here in february sometimes you get these hot hot waves in australia like in newcastle in particular same thing happens here like august september you tend to get these rolling heat waves um so it's not like we're not killing over you know Mm. it's not like it it was in in portugal and spain but it's um it is it is definitely very warm and uh, very consistent (laughs) (laughs) just what you want my friend i hope you got the aircon on have you yeah yeah, absolutely, we do. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there's no power saving over there. No, just put the aircon on. That's that's the most important. Thing. No, but, but they do have the public health. They do have a public announcement here, the flex alert, uh, which is essentially when the, the power grid is under the most strain mm-hmm. is when they issue these flex alerts and they say, okay, cool, just keep your air conditioner set at 72 degrees and, uh, you know, don't use a dishwasher and don't use a dryer and things like that. They actually put these public messages out during July and August too. <laughs> So that California doesn't overload the power grid. <laughs> oh, I love it. See, I'd be in big trouble if you know if I couldn't turn the dishwasher on or do the the washing. Man, I'd be gone. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, th- th- well, they do have a very good point. They say just hang the clothes outside to dry. And I think yeah, you know when it's when it's ninety degrees that. at six pm. Yeah, they're <laughs> probably okay. going to dry, aren't they? Yes, yes, they're going to dry very quickly or combust. One <laughs> yeah, one yeah. or the other. Now I saw a very funny story um, yesterday afternoon, which I've uh, I shared with you. You and I both know that Americans have got no concept of Vegemite. They just do not get it. And if you try and give it to them, they will try and eat it with a spoon, like have a spoonful. I, I know I I took some to uh, to a friend that I visited. In uh, in Omaha, in Nebraska, and uh, yeah, they they just grabbed a uh, a teaspoon and ate it, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Australians don't do that. You you no. get a piece of toast, you melt the butter, and then you you put a a you know. It depends how you like your Vegemite, either a big amount or a little amount. That's how you eat Vegemite. But one person in particular is stunned because they've got an 11 year old uh, bottle of Vegemite that hasn't gone off yet. <laughs> I don't think Vegemite ever does go off. It doesn't. Off. It never I mean, goes I, off. I, I th- yeah, it, it's the kind of thing that you would like it on, you know, uh, on the uh, the other side of a nuclear apocalypse, that's for sure. But having said that, you know, Twinkies in America, I've never seen a Twinkie expire. That's, that's for true. sure. Um, I, I, I've had avocados I've bought in the morning and they're brown by the afternoon, but mm. a Twinkie, <laughs> that's going to live well and well 
past the sun's termination of the, in the solar system, for sure, I reckon, but um, on some sort of subatomic level, I think. But yeah, but, but uh, Vegemite is the same. Vegemite is just indestructible, and this point you're making is spot on. Like, the fellow who, who, who got this jar, he was astounded to see that's 12 years out of date. Well, best buy, yeah. you know, it's best to have it by 2011, but we really don't know. Has anybody put Vegemite to its, to its test? Yeah. Have we buried a jar somewhere from the 1920s? Um, but I think that the, the, we can test again, like like they when they discover, uh, you know, stout or port on the bottom of the ocean floor in a shipwreck. Is Vegemite the same? Is it still mm. good to go? Um, and I, I really do think it's uh, it's kind of indestructible, but it is a mystery to the Americans. But but we've put Vegemite out at uh, at a gym I go to just for just for the crack, you know, to see if they like it. And they're usually pretty good about it. But if it's smeared on the toast and things like mm. that, it's okay. But goodness gracious. Uh, a spoonful, ooh, well, starting to push the limits there. Seventy percent salt. Like, come on, you know. If, even yeah. we, even we know you don't do that. You know, we put Vegemite on anything and everything, but even we don't do that. Yeah, that's a lot of sodium for the mm, body. That's yeah. a lot of sodium overload. Yeah, I've got a relative who likes to put Vegemite onto finger buns. What? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, okay, well, I guess you got the sweet and savoury, but mm. that that look. My, my brother used to put Vegemite on wheat bix. He yeah, would eat like I've raw, heard that one. classic yeah. uncooked wheat bix and put his Vegemite on top. But um, but look, but I get that because it's a plain thing with you know a bit of flavour mm. on top. But a finger bun, you've already got everything you need. You got the sugar, the sultanas, the sweetness, yeah, and all no. that kind why, of stuff. Why would you do it? Yeah, I, I guess you know you sort of got like a like a like a black and white cookie scenario. Like over here, you've got the Vegemite on one side and the sweet pink on the other. That's an interesting combination. Mm, very, isn't it? Yeah. They um. Yeah. Why do you think they don't get it? Well, I mean, obviously, have, <laughs> have you got it in the cupboard at home? Do you do you still have it? Of course. Yeah, yeah. I've got, it, I've got it's there with your Tim Tams and I, your wheat bix. Yeah. And I'm very, very careful with it too. I, I ration it very carefully, <laughs> uh, and I, I do know that no. Whenever we have people come and stay with us, you know, I know no one's going to touch my Vegemite. Mm. I'm very, very sure of that. Um, I think it's because Americans have so many sweet things mm. here. Okay. As you know, everything here is sweet. Even the bread is sweet. It took me six months to find a loaf of bread here that I could eat that didn't taste like it came from a cake stall. It's awful. You know, um, the bread is horrible a, over there. Yeah, yeah. I think because Americans have this, this this propensity to go towards the sweet, sweeter side of things. I know, obviously, in the South, there's a lot of sweet stuff there. There's a lot of cooked butter and things like that. On the West Coast out here, there's a lot of orange. There's a lot of, um, a lot, a lot of avocado and that kind of stuff. There's not a lot of salty things. Mm. Uh, even... Even some of the, the, the Mexican food that you get here, they mix it up with pineapple and things like that. It's beautiful. But, yeah, it has, like, a sweet flavor to it. So it, like, you've got sweet barbecue as well from Memphis. You know, mm. it tends to be, like, a sweet kind of sticky barbecue. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... Then they try something as salty as Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets a, It's like an overload to them. I think maybe they look at it and they think, oh, look, it's like molasses. You know, yeah. it's probably going to taste like molasses. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah nah. no, buddy. Nah. Nah. No. No. No, I, I take it. It's really sad. I take it whenever I go to the US and I'll, uh, yeah, I'll take it when I go to the UK in September. I'm a Vegemite kid. I have to have my, my breakfast yeah. is, is Vegemite on toast. It's great. It's really good. Mm. I, I love it here too. I've, I've still got it from it for that very reason. It's just, it's a nice little connection to our ancestry. Yeah, it really you know? <laughs> is. I've got no idea where it came from, yeah. but we love it anyway. Now, uh, the yeah. big talking point over there has been Alex Jones. Now, Talk, for those who don't know who Alex Jones is and, and what, what he's done, talk our listeners through, uh, through the Alex Jones story. 
Alex Jones, if people are familiar with the term Infowars, he basically had a, a show on YouTube, more or less. It was carried briefly on some of the some of the pay TV subscribers uh, subscription services here, and essentially it was just a, a huge misinformation platform where he would get up there and rant and rave and just sort of turn into the bright color of like a beetroot, more or less, as he shouted and screamed about government overreach and and uh, socialism and all the cliche dog-whistling talking points that eventually bled into the Trump presidency. Now, he was at the peak of his powers probably around about 2016 to 2018 when Donald Trump got into into, uh, into power. But there's been something that's dogged him for a long time, besides all the lies and misinformation he spread about election interference and, of course, a lot of the things he spread about immigrants and poor people in the United States, particularly the African-American community. A lot of the things he said were racist or intolerant or generally sort of... Um, sort of prejudice in some way. But yeah, the Sandy Hook school shooting, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the worst mass shooting uh, in, a, in a school, I can't believe I have to say this, but the worst mass shooting in a school mm-hmm. <laughs> in the United States. Ulvadi uh, was 19 kids, uh, which was the one only a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Good God. Sandy Hook was, um, was just over 20, I believe, 20 or 21. Um, it was a primary school, of course, as we know. Mm-hmm. And, and Alex Jones said flat out, it didn't happen. Point blank. Sandy Hook was fake news. Mm. It didn't happen. It's all a lie. It's all misinformation. It's all fabricated by the government to take your guns away. <laughs> now, th- this was something that had some momentum there for a period of time, and it didn't necessarily spawn the QAnon sort of conspiracy theorist uh, underground thing that we've seen that's slowly kind of tapering off a little bit, thank goodness. Thank um, but it did not help. Generally, a lot of the hardcore, hard-right patriots, you know, don't take my gun, Second Amendment defenders rallied behind him and used him as their sort of as their sort of spokesperson. This week he's been he's been facing a personal lawsuit, a personal lawsuit from the parents of some of the, the Sandy Hook victims. Now he's facing three lawsuits. Wow. This week the first of the lawsuits came down. Uh, and he was found to of course culpable for damages mm. up to forty five million dollars wow. from the first lawsuit. Right? Of course, because everything he said was, was an absolute mm. lie. But what happened during the trial is what's quite extraordinary. I mean, this is some justice and some, some compensation to these families who will never have their children ever again. So it, it's a sort of cold comfort. But uh, they do. he, during the trial, was asked about, uh, did, did he send text messages to people, you know, sharing lies about uh, Sandy Hook? Mm. And he said, no, I don't use my phone. I don't use technology. He's a lawyer sent a thousand text messages, sorry, a thousand pages of text messages to uh, the, the opposing lawyer, to the representatives of the Santa Hook people, uh, to the <laughs> representatives of the Santa Hook victims. And they went, are you guys sure you want to share this with us? You don't want to declare it's privileged material? No, 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 we're good. It's okay. You know, totally by accident. They went, all right. He stood up in court and said to Alex Jones, do you know what perjury is? And he was like, oh, yeah, I, I do. I mean, yeah, yeah of, course, of course, of course. And he said, okay, cool. Did you lie to us when you said you didn't share lies via text message? No, 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 I didn't. Okay, we have your text messages here. Your lawyer accidentally sent them to us and didn't claim privilege, so we're going to use them. And you can see the soul just fall out of his body when he's told this. Now, where it gets interesting from this point is it's now public material. It's been fronted up to the court, so he can turn this over to the January 6th commission. Because Alex Jones, there's accusations that Alex Jones, of course, was was con- was in correspondence with the Trump administration and people within the Trump administration because he was good friends with Donald Trump Jr. during the January 6th uprising. And now all these text messages going up to pretty much this year are now 
in the public domain and can oh, be used by the God. Jan 6 Commission because his lawyer did not claim privilege. So all he had to say was, no, this is privileged material that stays between us. Uh, it was my accident. Nope, nope. So it's out there now. So there's a possibility it could be forwarded onto Merrick Garland uh, and used for the Jan 6 Commission. That is unbelievable. Is he going to be charged with perjury? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he'll be charged with perjury. So now he'll be facing a criminal... Uh, a criminal charge. Uh, uh, I can't remember what state this is in presently, but yeah, he's facing a criminal charge and two other civil lawsuits. That is just unbelievable. Oh, it was extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. But again, when you have someone who is so egotistical and so self-centered and so conceited and arrogant as he is, as to believe all these things and share all these lies and try to instigate this rebellion and this this incendiary nature uh, against the United States, the very fabric of the country that he supposedly loves, um, it is quite, it's not surprising, of course, that he is capable, him and his team are capable of this kind of stupidity. Oh, it's such a gotcha moment. It really is. I mean, the lawyers must oh, have been hilarious. sitting there going, mate, <laughs> really, really, you really want to do this? You really want to go down that track? Yeah. Yeah, they, that's pretty much exactly what they did. I mean, the plaintiff's lawyer basically stood up there and said, OK, guys, look, I've got this. Are you sure? Are you sure? OK, because I don't think they wanted to admit they made a mistake. So, um, yeah, it was <laughs> very interesting. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. It's 20 minutes to 12. We're talking with Zach Garrod live from L.A. Now, I was so excited when I saw this one come across uh, last week, Zach. It was... Uh, Kansas, it was a resounding result for the Roe versus yeah. Wade issue. Kansas had a referendum that uh, that was to remove abortion from its state's constitution. It was voted down in Kansas. That's huge news. Yeah, it was voted down emphatically as well. It wasn't even really that close. Uh, from last I checked, it was like it was sixty-three to I think it was sixty-three to thirty-seven. Uh, last I checked. Now, of course, this is Kansas, heartland mm. Republican territory. They were putting a proposal forward because, as you know, that they put these amendments and propositions forward that we've discussed before on the show, and they usually vote on some kind of ballot. In this case, there was a runoff election in Kansas, and they were voting on this proposition that was put forward on the same ballot because Americans tend to do this. It's very complicated, and unnecessarily mm. so, particularly for something as significant as this. But they were asked the question in a very convoluted way, do you agree with the proposal to remove the protection of abortion rights from the um, Kansas Constitution? And it was voted down, emphatically. And this is a huge result, a huge result. CNN and MSNBC were covering it during the week, and it was, it was emphatic within a couple of hours that they knew really early on that this was not going to work, so this was not going to pass. Mm-hmm. So uh, Heartland, American sort of Bible Belt territory, has voted quite emphatically to maintain the rights of women when it comes to Roe versus Wade. So this is quite extraordinary. When you consider just to the north in Indiana, they passed a law this week that does outlaw abortion and does forbid doctors from performing the, the procedure. So within the same... We're only talking about like a thousand, like a few hundred miles or so north of Kansas, you've got Indiana, which is right in the, in the middle of this. Wow. Now, there are companies in Indiana saying they're thinking about sourcing things out, outside of the state because, they, because their health insurance provided uh, to their employees does cover abortions. And they're like, well, okay, if you guys are not going to honour what we provide to our employees, we'll go elsewhere. 
Um, so it is it is very interesting seeing how this is unfolding. But what it's done is it's given a, a surge of energy and adrenaline to the, to the Democrats with the midterms coming up because they're in a lot of strife. Mm. They're in a lot of strife with the Biden admin and they hadn't passed a lot of things. There's a lot of issues around how they were handling things and I don't think people were too pleased with some of the responses that the Biden admin has had. But this week, they've had quite an emphatic victory across a number of platitudes, this being the most important one. And so the now other they being climate change. Space. Yes, exactly right. Mm. So today they passed essentially like a watered-down version of the Build Back Better bill, which was the centrepiece of one of Biden's, um, Biden's electoral promises. And what it, what it does, it doesn't just cover climate change and protect climate change. It's also going to cover um, costs uh, for pensioners for their medicine. So it caps out-of-pocket expenses for medicine on pensioners at $2,000 a year. Mm. You know, when you consider it's free in Australia, here, that's quite a lot. Mm. Um, it's watered down from the three and a half trillion dollar Build Back Better initiative, but it's about $400 billion or so towards fighting climate change. And they're going to do it by levying taxes on corporations. Oh, gee, really? <laughs> so, gee, that's, that's it. Yes, really? Yes. <laughs> Who would have thunk it, right? Oh. Who would have thunk it? So they're, they're going to leverage taxes on corporations to, to fund this. Because ultimately, we've seen the effect of climate change on the economy. Look at it in Australia. Mm. So therefore, if people want to continue making money in a capitalist economy, surely you've got to tackle the biggest existential threat of our time. And the Albanese government, although they've taken some good steps towards some renewable energy processes and passed their own bill this week, I think they're still gun-shy when it comes to taxing the corporations. Mm, so I think are. the Biden administration... Mm should be looked at admirably in this way. Absolutely. Now, the other big one that was grabbing people's attention this week, and I need you to explain it to me because it kind of just all came out of left field and was all very, very weird, but Batgirl has been cancelled by Warner Brothers. Now, <laughs> what, what is this? What's happened? We've gone from, yeah, I know, we've gone from one to the other here. I know, what, like one extreme to the other. Social progress. <laughs> to, to, yeah. no, now, this, this is interesting. Now, over the last 12 months, so you, you and I have talked about streamers and the shift in the way the business is operating and the shift in business models. Now, Batgirl is a, is a big film for Warner Brothers. They've sunk the better part of 40 to $60 million into this film. It's got Brendan Fraser and Michael Keaton in it, and it's got a really wonderful cast. It's directed by two Muslim directors, uh, two Islamic directors, and it's got, uh, it, it basically was just cancelled like a television series. Like, just out of the blue, Warner Brothers said, that's it, not going ahead, see you later. And it's odd. It's really, really odd. It's a very strange decision. It's almost unprecedented because you had this incredible uh, actress in the, in the lead role who was this young Latino actress on the way up who was going to bring, hopefully, something, something new to the character as well. And you had a fan base ready for it. They were going to release it exclusively on HBO Max. And they went, no, we're good. Don't worry about it. And they're, just, they're literally going to write it off as a tax deduction. They're just going to say, all right, write it off as a loss, claim it back on tax. Is it made? Now, it's made. It's done. It's, it's in the can. It's, it's, it's in post-production now. They are finishing the movie. It's so all they really had to do was say it's available to watch. Now, the reason this is happening, and this is where it's, it's, it's starting to, we're starting to see this shift. Subscription platforms by nature have a ceiling with how much they can make because it goes off subscribers. So if you have 1,000 subscribers paying 10 bucks a month, then that's your base income. Mm. That's it. So you only have that much money, 10 grand, to spend on content. That's it. Um, whereas, so you've got to budget that accordingly. So they've looked at Batgirl and thought, well, we're not going to get any more subscribers out of this, which is absurd because mm. people want to watch the movie. And secondly, they don't think they're going to make any revenue off the film by selling it onwards because that undermines the purpose of having an exclusive subscription in the first place. 
Now, 10, 15 years ago, they would make the movie, release it. It mm. might not do well, but then they'll just write it off as a, as a tax as a Recover tax some costs anyway. and, go, and go to online. Ex- mm. Exactly right. But yes, but the very definition of, of, um, of pigeonholing uh, content now where you say this is a Hulu exclusive, Netflix exclusive, mm. Apple TV exclusive, they do not want to sell outside of those platforms. So they don't want to sell it outside of HBO Max. They want people to come to their service to watch it. And they've gone, well, we don't think we're going to do well out of it, so don't worry about it. Wow. Um, That's it's, disturbing. It's a, it's, a, it's a troubling precedent mm. because now you've got filmmakers and directors and, and, and actors and people like that going, okay, so so what are we supposed to do? We've just mm. invested all this work of our lives into this, into this film, um, but we... What we're never going to ever see it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of troubling. It's very, but, very troubling. Uh, now, what's the story? So Occupation, you, you have both cinematic release deals done and you have streaming release deals done, don't you? You have both of That's that correct. for it. So why, why on earth would they have limited themselves to just the streaming platform? That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, because to go to cinemas, you've got to engage with distributors and cinemas, okay. and you, you get a smaller piece of the pie. So that they okay, were greedy. So, yeah, yeah, basically, they, they wanted to keep everything for themselves. And it makes sense, of course, when you've got an exclusive release platform like Disney Plus do and things like that. Mm. They want you to go to their platform to watch it. So it makes I get it. It makes perfect sense. Mm. Now, Netflix has sort of done the hybrid where they elected with The Irishman, where they released it in cinemas and also on their platform. But it's counterproductive to what they want to do. Mm. So they wanted to have an exclusive release on HBO Max, part of the broader universe, the broader um, uh, DC universe, of which I'm a big fan of, uh, and have that exclusively on their platform, but they've decided they're not going to do it. So Leslie Grace, who was uh, one of the stars from In the Heights, who is playing Batgirl, Barbara Gordon in it, um, has sunk everything into this role and had it taken away from her, and it's never going to be seen. So it's really, really strange. But what it does, it has this sort of Streisand effect, where people go... Oh, really? You don't want us to see that? We've got to figure this out. Mm. And God help them if a copy leaks onto the internet, because it will go off. Of course it will. Of course it will. <laughs> yeah, and then, the, and then they will have missed out on everything. They will have missed out on every possibility. But this is also part of the merger of Warner Brothers and Discovery. They're merging to a huge entity over here. And it's sort of been a bit clunky. They, they've been kind of archaic with some of their philosophies and some of their business models. Like, it's very, very strange how they're skewing it, how they're how they're appealing to markets. Like they say HBO Max, which has shows like Euphoria and The White Lotus, they say that HBO Max is more of a male-skewed audience, but those two shows alone are not male-skewed. No. They're, just, they're just generically across both genders, as it were. They're fantastic to watch. And I think to say that a, a single-entity platform like HBO Max is male-skewed, is re- which has Sex in the City on it, for yes, goodness exactly. sake. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Is is a very strange thing to say. Oh, it is a really, really disturbing um, precedence. It really is. Now, I must admit, I went to uh, I went to event cinemas where you had your premiere. I went to event cinemas and yeah. I went and watched uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. There's, oh, wonderful! There's a few yeah. holes in it. There's a few <laughs> plotline holes in it. <laughs> That's all right. We don't go for the holes. We go for the the, the, the Guns N' Roses remix. Absolutely. Man, I truly, as it started, I reckon I spent most of the time singing the Gunners songs throughout the movie. Did you? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Just yeah. sad, isn't it? I, I that's my age. To see it yet. No, no, it's good. It's, it's great. That's how they tack me always. I mean, Kate, Kate, Kate Bush has made a huge yeah. comeback, you know, with Stranger Things. So, 
they're finding a good way to sort of channel that into the new audiences now. So I'm glad you got a chance to see it. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, it was very, very impressive. And, I mean, obviously it was Australian. You know, it was made here and, and you could see uh, you know, lots of Australians in it. Um, huge fan yeah. of Christian Bale. Been watching his movies for, you know, for 20, 30 years. And uh, he's, yeah, he's very good in it. He's very, very good. Yeah, no, Christian, Christian's a sensational actor and he's a really, really decent man. So I, I'm... I really want to check that out too. Yeah. I actually watched Prey on the weekend. I watched the new Predator movie over Ooh. here, which is a Hulu. Yeah. It's a Hulu exclusive. Oh and it's actually God. set in a um it's set in a Comanche Nation tribe, uh, in the seventeen nineties. Wow. And it's about a young Comanche uh, warrior, mm. a warrior woman who is on the way up, you know, she wants to be a warrior but they're trying to make her to be a, a gatherer and she's trying to prove herself and then the Predator gets dropped on Earth to prove itself. So it's this sort of interesting mismatch of, uh, of species with this similar cultural thread. It's um, okay. it's, it's really good. It was yeah. really, really, it's a very different type of Predator movie. I, I really enjoyed okay. it. Okay. Oh, cool. Well, I'll have to have a look yeah. at that one. Well, listen, you stay yeah. safe over there, won't you? Um, don't get too hot. You know, stay in the air conditioning and, uh, yeah, hang the clothes out. Uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe around 7 or 8 o'clock so that they don't combust. Just put them out, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Yeah, they, they don't quite go as rigid at about 8 o'clock, no. Yeah, and no. if there's an earthquake, it definitely, if, if there's an earthquake, the drip dry really takes off. Yeah, I bet it does. I bet it does. You're a yeah. shocker. You stay safe, my friend. We'll chat next week. Thanks, Tracy. Chat Thanks, next week. Thanks, mate. Bye. That is Zach Garrett, who joins us each and every Monday here on Newcastle Live to tell us what's going on over there. And, uh, yeah, the Americans just do not get Vegemite, do they? At all. At all. Newcastle in the Morning covers the big stories that matter the most to you. The local issues often neglected. Tracy Mack's plain talking, no nonsense approach will get your morning off right. Talking news, sport, entertainment, music, lifestyle, and more. Covering what you need to know and even some of the stuff you didn't. It's Tracy Mack with Newcastle in the Morning. Weekdays from 9 to midday, only on Newcastle Live.